Hello, and welcome to the Travel Japan with Wes Mather podcast. In this series, we explore living, working, studying, and of course, traveling in Japan. I hope to inform you on how to travel smart, safe, and with confidence, all while hopefully having an amazing time abroad. Everything you hear will be based off of my personal experiences, research, and experiences of others that I know. I'm your host, Wes Mather, and I hope you enjoy. Thank you for listening, and now let's begin. Thank you for joining us on Travel Japan with Wes Mather, where we talk about Japanese news, culture, and answer questions on travel. I'm your host, Wes Mather, and joining us again today is my co host and enthusiast in Japanese culture, Brandon Bates. Welcome to the show, Brandon. How are you doing this evening? I'm doing pretty good, can't complain. It's been a really fun yes. week for the both of us, hasn't it? Oh, absolutely. Without a doubt. <laughs> you know, technical stuff and uh, work, and we do what we can, and we get this stuff out. Right. So what do you got for the uh, news for everybody today, Wes? So first topic would be the prevalence of startups in Tokyo. Um, now, Tokyo is definitely a hub for business backwards and forwards, as many people know. However, within this past year... Tokyo has become a thriving metropolis for tech startups, and that has reached a global ranking within the top 30. That is right between Berlin, coming at 16, and Chicago at 14th. So, number 15 is Tokyo. And this does come from a multitude of recent factors. One being the pandemic. So many companies have moved from working face to face daily to working remotely, which allows for a lot more flexibility. So, out of necessity, this has forced a lot of companies to shift a lot of their day to day operation to online, which has opened up a lot of channels for new online business, which has also led to an increase of business with foreign countries, which would not have otherwise been able to meet face to face. That is very much shown in a social media company from Russia who moved their base of operation to Tokyo because of an increase. Of business with Japanese companies. They are called Like Party, and they're a place for、uh, people to meet up socially、mm-hmm. online. And they have thrived in Japan. And they also say that it's the perfect place. And there are other factors aside from an increase of online and global business interactions,、uh, many of which are tax benefits for people starting startup companies in Tokyo, as well as a work culture that really does、uh, propel living and working from home. So, this is great news for many people hoping to work in Japan because it opens up so many doors for new companies, hiring people from software engineers to social media influencers to people basically just wanting to work in a new country where they don't necessarily even have to speak the language, which is great news for many people that I believe would listen to this podcast. Yeah, like,、uh, it sounds like、uh, Tokyo is more than likely going to have a much more diverse culture in the near future、mm-hmm. if we can get more startups over there, especially startups from, let's say, you know, Silicon Valley, if they want to move more locations out there rather than start up、yes. out in California. I could see a lot of really cool hipsters、uh-huh. drinking their coffee and. Tokyo out on the streets in a few years, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And another factor that has led Tokyo to move up the ranks in cities that are the most beneficial to startups, the Tokyo 2020 Olympics were supposed to take place this year before being postponed. And that has led for the government to provide for a lot of infrastructure and green light for a lot of city plans that were supposed to accommodate a, a huge positive fluctuation of new businesses in Tokyo that would have likely accompanied the Tokyo Olympics if they would have happened. So, with the lack of the Olympics and the lack of that massive Amount of tourism, that infrastructure still remains and is now being filled with new startup companies from Japan or from outside of Japan. So I'm stoked on that because innovation bodes well for creators all over the world. Man, Tokyo is the future. It's going to be the future. It's already the future.、Yeah. Everyone sees it as the future, <laughs> and now it's officially the future. Mm-hmm. And startups、yeah. is definitely what builds, like, it, startups is. The now, you know, it used to be mom、yes. and pop shops, and then it became super centers and shopping malls, and、uh, oh. that's where everyone was making money off of the businesses that they had ideas for. And now,、yeah. startups are becoming these fast growing, money making industries for everything online and tech. Yeah, and it's so cool that、uh, everyone thinks that you know, Japan is like. Uh, 10 years advanced than anywhere else、uh-huh. with technology, but now they can be. <laughs> yeah, that's very true. And that does touch upon one of the main reasons that this is so newsworthy.、Uh, startup culture has actually been kind of undermined in Japan for quite a long time, being not really propagated so much in education. And the main goal of many new companies in Japan, instead of becoming big themselves, has been to become big enough. 
to sell themselves to a larger conglomerate, often based in Tokyo, where they can, the companies that do have the money to be based in Tokyo, so that they can just get their paycheck and then move on with their lives. However, more recently, this year in fact, and again due to the pandemic and due to the Tokyo Olympics, uh, more and more startups are being encouraged to progress with their business and carry on to chase their dreams themselves, which is cool and which is new uh, for Tokyo work culture, or Japan work culture based in Tokyo. All right, well, I think uh, mm. we can cover that or wrap that up and move on to the yeah. next story because uh, this next one looks pretty fun. So mm. uh, we have ourselves uh, the first look at Universal Studios Mario Kart ride, Super Nintendo World's go. opening. Um, yes. <laughs> this thing is cool. This thing is really cool. Uh, I think uh, uh-huh. you and I uh, looked at this before. It's essentially going to be like a Mario Kart ride. And speaking of uh, Japan being the future, back to that, uh-huh. we're gonna <laughs> we're gonna show you one of the coolest rides ever. So we've got ourselves. It's pretty much Mario Kart. It's kind of like a roller coaster ride essentially, but when you're going around the actual ride, you get to see the characters. You wear like this uh, AR helmet, I believe. Uh-huh. And you can log in with an app, and you can pick up things like you would in Mario Kart, and you can throw things at characters that you're seeing in AR. It's absolutely yes. bizarre to think of and look at. <laughs> I wouldn't really know how uh-huh. it works unless I was there and I tried it. But mm. it looks so cool in these photos that they're showing us, that they're demonstrating. Yeah, kids dream for sure, especially those who are just addicted to Nintendo. I mean, myself included, this is unreal, and that is... The word to go off of, and like you said, the combination of real-life elements such as the roller coaster uh, with VR effects, wearing the headset and having digital things to allow you to throw a Koopa shell and choosing your own character just make it a thing of the future. But instead of being the distant future, it is the future of only February 4th, which is a great <laughs> day to for this to open to the public, and I'm excited for this myself. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think it'd be really cool if they came out with like, uh, if, especially if this is successful, mm. because of how I'm looking at it being like, uh, you wear a headset, um, you get to log in yeah. with your phone, and it can be like an interactive ride. The AR capabilities, AR standing augmented reality, by the way, for those who don't know. Yeah. I could imagine them coming out with like another ride that is like Super Smash Brothers, you know? Oh my gosh, I would be so happy with that. You know? <laughs> that sounds so cool. <laughs> I, but... I don't know how you would implement that, but oh, even better. <laughs> Mario Party yeah. where you're on a board oh with your friends and you can walk around yeah. and play actual Mario Party maybe. Yeah. So right. many potential opportunities yeah. with what they're doing here with Mario Kart AR elements uh, yeah. that they're throwing together. So yeah, it's really cool. Yeah. Super Mario, Mario Kart and uh, Super Nintendo World. That's really cool. I love it. Uh, based in my hometown of Osaka so I'm excited for that. The proximity. It is a 45 train right away from me which I'm stoked on and you're going to be there opening uh, will not. <laughs> I will hope, hopefully that is the case, and look for that content on TikTok if you feel the need to. You will not be able to, uh, some final logistics, you will not be able to steer the cart yourself, as it is a roller coaster on a track. However, the VR set will allow you to do such things as grab uh, the shells and the weapons in the video game and use them against other players in the game. Riders, I suppose, would be the term. Yeah, I think it would be riders. And then your, yeah, and then it seems your points will be available at the end. And there will be a set winner, and I suppose a set loser at that point too. But <laughs> hey, even if I lose, I'll be stoked to ride this ride. Yeah, apparently it was set to open like uh, this year, but due to the pandemic mm-hmm. hitting, they had to push it back. But that could also be a mm. positive, you know. There could have been some kinks yeah. and stuff that they discovered after their original mm. release date that they were able to fix out. You know, they could have been Absolutely. could have been uh, lots of good for them holding off for almost <laughs> half a year and yeah giving it time to make perfections on it for their actual release date so yeah looks really fun i'm really looking forward to it without a doubt I'm, i like that positive mentality i'm also looking forward to uh, there's a tokyo event that aims to wear mm-hmm. uh raise awareness to the difficulties of deaf people facing during the pandemic absolutely uh we're looking at something here called deaf mart everybody um and mm-hmm. It is something that I am very passionate that this is something that is happening, and I think Wes is as well. Absolutely. What they're doing here is essentially... So essentially one huge offset, one huge side product of this awful pandemic has been that people that rely on uh, reading lips mm-hmm. to uh, communicate to others, which would mainly be the deaf community, uh, cannot do so because of the rising normalcy of wearing masks around the world. 
and this has made it so the daily activity of going to a convenience store can suddenly be a huge barrier mm -hmm. for even buying something as normal as toilet paper or a snack. So to raise awareness for this and find a easy solution, which is the best part, uh, wearing a clear transparent mask so people can read your lips anyway, a fantastic organization called The Silent Voice has made this event where basically you can go and experience the a convenience store, a fake convenience store that allows you to operate within it without hearing anyone's sound or anyone's voice and it does this by blaring loud loud music inside the store the whole time so that you have to purchase stuff without communicating vocally to the attendants it's clever it is i think so, so. you know it's a fun yeah it's a fun activity for you and a friend you and a date to go and do you can get you know whatever you buy out of it without a doubt as well as you also every participant will get one of the 10,000 clear masks that a silent voice is offering to people for free out of this event. It raises awareness, it offers a solution, it gives away the solution, and um, it should be a fun event as well too. Um, I mean the blurring music, of course, as it does show you how awful it is to have to shop without hearing anything, it's kind of like a nightclub combined with a convenience store too. So they do a great job of raising awareness for this problem while making it fun to uh, raise the awareness for it. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's got to be very difficult for um, all of those who are deaf, especially those who spent most of their life learning how to lip read. Um, mm -hmm. that's, their, that's, that's their source of communication. Um, and then the pandemic comes, everyone has to wear a mask. There's no way for them to be able to see what people are saying. Not many people obviously yeah. know how to sign. So it's I can see how it's such a detrimental thing towards the deaf community. And mm -hmm. it is really cool how Japan really tailors towards uh, those who are less fortunate because of their handicaps mm -hmm. um, yeah uh -huh. you posted a video a while ago about mm -hmm. um, how the city's infrastructure for blind people do take it away like explain that a little bit so people can understand it's it's pretty oh, impressive absolutely. what Japan does for uh, their yeah. handicapped communities. So speaking on if you are blind and you do have to rely upon using a cane to get around day to day, feeling your way, just the consciousness of society to cater to everybody within the society is through the roof. And that is shown within the infrastructure for having sidewalk braille, which is just lines around every street so that you know where to walk and uh, braille on, every, uh, on most city street corners on the crosswalk so that you know where you're going, if you need to go left or right or straight, as well as um, bumps before stairs so you know when you have to encounter stairs going up or down. Everything even to braille on almost every canned drink that I've ever seen that shows you what you're about to drink, if it's alcoholic or not. I think that's fantastic and the fact that they're uh, outreaching too to the deaf community to survive through the pandemic is fantastic. Yeah, so. absolutely. I, I'm thrilled. Uh -huh. I'm 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 just mind blown how well the Japanese uh, local governments really tailor to um, the less yeah. fortunate when it comes to their handicaps in ways that I uh -huh. can't even imagine seeing that becoming a thing anywhere near the future in most cities in mm -hmm. America. They're, yeah, they're so absolutely. they're so far ahead when it comes to thinking I about love it. everybody, not just uh, yeah. one group and one of interest. Oh, without a doubt. Two final thoughts. Uh, the clear masks look pretty cool. Mm -hmm. Honestly, they do look like they're from the future. They're and really second cool. of all, if you are, and if you are concerned about the prospect of having loud music blurred at you through a convenience store, they do uh, disclaim that the music will be not as loud as the average club music. So mm -hmm. you're not gonna have your ears strained. It'll essentially just be soft-spoken people within a club music, less than loud club music environment, to show what it's like to not hear a single thing throughout a shopping experience. Yeah, I'm definitely and gonna probably get a couple of those masks because not right, not just yeah. for the fact that they look cool, they really do look pretty cool, but also for the fact that yeah, people who are uh -huh. deaf that are in my community, especially in my workplace, if I have a customer come up. Uh huh they can see what I'm saying rather than me having to pull out my phone and do a back and forth translation uh -huh. and talk to text, you know? Yeah, 100%. It's also great for uh, something I've noticed that you've done recently with your TikToks. You've been adding closed mm -hmm. captions on your TikToks. Oh, yeah, they look absolutely. Great. Uh -huh. Yeah, some uh, fantastic individuals have commented letting me know that, you know, there's a section of the community that cannot understand my TikToks because there are not closed captions and it's as easy is downloading one app that will do it essentially automatically for me. Obviously, the Japanese words I use are not usually translated, but it's easy enough to correct that. Mm -hmm. 
and it's a great thing to do. It takes less than five minutes. Yeah. It's so I'm stoked about that. One extra small step yeah. to help Absolutely. out an entire community that you had no idea that you were able to reach out to just because yeah, of something as simple as adding closed captions to your videos. Yeah, and any other creators that see that too, hopefully you can figure out how easy it can be for them to do the same thing. So I'm stoked on that. I'm sure that that community is very grateful that you took the time to do that as well. Hopefully, yeah. And hopefully they can check, or not hopefully they're grateful. Hopefully they enjoy the content. And hopefully, you know, they can come check out Japan just as much as anyone else without a disability can come check out Japan I think well. this would be a really good so TikTok for you, Wes. You know, uh, just <laughs> right? discuss this. If you're in any way able to mm-hmm. visit uh, Def Mart or even to get the mask to explain to people why you have that mask... Yeah, that would be really cool. I definitely think Honestly, a lot of people would find idea. an interest in that, and maybe you could start a trend of people buying those masks, help out with the hey, community. Hey, cheers to that! You know, I think this might be something you will be seeing within the week. <laughs> <laughs> that being said, heck yeah! So, do you want to move on to our final topic? Absolutely. Let's talk about that last topic we got today. Awesome. So here we have an event. This took place this last weekend, Comic Con, Tokyo Comic Con 2020, and of course this is newsworthy in and of itself. However, this year being a pandemic year, it has made news for other reasons because it has been done virtually, mm-hmm. basically to a similar effect. Uh, I actually attended one of the events virtually myself, basically through streaming, and it was wild exciting for a fraction of the price. And the fact that this technology can be used for having a larger amount of people in the world to enjoy an event that they cannot go to otherwise is a great step forward. Oh, yeah, because it was only like 500 yen, right, for an online ticket to to get in and watch all the events. Yeah, exactly. That's nothing. Five bucks, and then you can virtually attend Comic-Con. I'm used Mm -hmm. to spending like $45, $50 a day. It costs more than that. Yeah, exactly. You, <laughs> right? you, you usually spend like yeah, $45, $50 uh-huh. a day to go to Comic-Con, if not more. And that's not even including yeah. your travel costs yeah. and getting a hotel and then the food that you get and the exactly. expensive resort-like prices just to be able to, uh, you know, attend. So, right, absolutely. And they have some really yeah. good headliners as well. Right. Killer. And this is what you get for $5. So uh, one of the headliners, uh, Kiefer Sutherland from the hit TV show 24 was there speaking about his experience being in a hit TV show as well as Elijah Wood from The Hobbit and um, honestly I've been a big fan of the Lord of the Rings series since I was young it was awesome seeing him and he is a charismatic person backwards and forwards so his event was fantastic he spoke a lot actually on uh, just fantasy fiction in general which is very cool because that is uh, something that has been gaining popularity and has been growing and evolving Mm -hmm. this past decade greatly which is he has touched upon within pop culture whereas previously it has not been in pop culture it has been very much within a small section like a nerdy community has been the appeal which he <laughs> said and now it's like a huge part of pop culture it brought is. on by things like game of thrones and popular fantasy novels and he says how um how technology has made a lot of that possible which is very cool yeah it's so back absolutely to crazy had, to hmm. think that uh what was considered as uh you're a nerd in high school in our youth uh-huh. is now just a common norm of what is cool what is chill people yeah love the lord of the rings and the hobbit mm-hmm. and everyone exactly. everyone loves all of the fantasy stories like Harry Potter and such. Oh man, we can yeah. we can talk about Harry Potter for days. Don't get me started, but <laughs> yeah, enough. man, Elijah Wood, he's a really interesting and very cool uh celebrity Absolutely. in my opinion. I've been following him for years since I had an addiction to the Lord of the Rings and I can only say one thing is Ooh. I wish uh-huh. that I could play like Dungeons and Dragons with that guy. I feel like if he was a DM, oh, I would have so much fun. <laughs> I'm telling you. Yeah. The guy's charisma and speaking ability is on par with any DM. I would be stoked to see that myself. And speaking of uh, that, if you have seen the Stranger Things series in which they do play D&D, Dungeons and Dragons, yes, they do. we had the full Stranger Things cast of the children in the show, which would be Noah Schnapp, Millie Bobby Brown, Nathan Matarazzo, and Caleb McLaughlin, which are a fantastic group. And it's cool to see them all like branch out from a hit TV series to playing young adult roles in other popular series across the book, which is something else they spoke a lot about, um, being child stars within their segments. Man, those kids, they have it so good. They got to star in one of the <laughs> coolest yeah. coolest shows of the, I don't know, decade in my opinion. Um, I'd say so. 
that first season dropped, I was not only like obsessed with it, but I just yeah. adored the character Dustin to the point where that's who. Oh I, my goodness, dude! That's who that's that's who I ended up being for Halloween this year. So yes, yes. tell me about that. I love that. <laughs> yeah. No. Uh huh. And without a doubt, that is a a plus choice. Yeah, the character writing, the character portrayal from the actors was above and beyond, and it was amazing hearing them talk about that. So points. And many of these things are available for streaming, too, also on the website, which I'll get to in a second. After I cover, as you may have realized, many of these uh, participants in the Tokyo Comic Con 2020 have been not from Japan. The Japanese members have mainly been musicians. We mm -hmm. have uh, BMK and Bish. Mm -hmm. uh, Bish being a uh, popular songwriter. And when we listened to this, some of their songs, too, Brandon did hit upon the fact they sound a lot like a lot of anime opening songs. And that is because they have done anime opening songs for a prominent show, Black Clover, um, which shows in their talent. It's unbelievable. And as well as Punpi, which is another prominent Japanese artist, and Mr. and Mrs. Odai, which are popular Japanese actors. The most interesting thing about this being virtual, a virtual Comic-Con, is that we actually had a AI host as well. Mm -hmm. uh, a anime protagonist, AI virtual... I don't know exactly how to describe this, but... Uh, Kizuna Ai. Um, Ai is AI, but that is also the Japanese word for love, so that is something that her character plays upon. A very positive 2.5D girl that has been a host. They have a prominent YouTube channel with over 4 million subscribers, and um, their charisma flowed right into Comic-Con. She was an amazing virtual anime hostess, introducing actors and actresses and artists, all through the avatar of a uh, cute anime protagonist. So that, yeah, that would be uh, Kizuna I and definitely check out their content. It's really above and beyond. They did a great job hosting. There's some debate on the process of how that's done, whether it's a single person doing a character through a uh, multitude of softwares, uh, some of which are available for free. They use uh, Mikumiku Dance, which is a free online software where you can create your own avatar and have it do things virtually for you. However, some people say that it's a team of people responding to uh, events, one team having to do with their facial recognition, one team having to do with the voice, and one team having to do with the body movements. Anyway, it's a mystery, which is part of the fun of it. All in all, it was a very cool experience. So I recommend checking out any other Japanese events that are held virtually. Well, I, for one, am very envious that you got to enjoy watching that live last weekend, because I did not have the chance. Cool. So I had so <laughs> much work I had to do, I just did not have time. Happy that. Um, it was a cool Saturday. Yeah, I wasn't even entirely sure if I was able to purchase the tickets and watch them from America, but I don't see why I wouldn't mm, be able to because mm. it is on online. Actually, I think you can go back yeah. and rewatch the event, right? Like they have. Yeah, yeah, you can absolutely. They have many of them. Uh, TCC Tokyo Comic Con World JP forward slash stage. Uh, they have the things that are still open. They have the Artist Alley, which shows all the prominent Comic Con and uh, anime artists which sell their wares. And um, you can still buy those things. It's a great thing that they moved basically everything they had in a normal Comic-Con through to this virtual Comic-Con. They have the cosplay section where they have all the prominent cosplayers uh, showcasing their Tokyo 2020 Comic-Con outfits, as well as the museum that basically has great props and great set uh, elements from many prominent Marvel and DC shows like Batman, the Batman car, the Batman mobile. Anyway, essentially everything that they have in, in a normal Comic-Con that they have had in uh the virtual version, which is cool. Everyone can go to Comic-Con from now on. Yeah. Well, Wes, I think that wraps up the news for today. What do you say? Yeah. We will now continue with our other segments of this podcast and uh, keep the comments, questions, and stories coming to us that we can read out loud on the show. You can email us at podcast at westmather.com. That is podcast at westmather.com. And we will look forward to doing segments on things we receive through that email, as well as reading stories on other travelers' experiences. So stay tuned. Please participate if you feel like you would like to and you feel comfortable doing so. And thank you for listening. So now we move on to my next segment, which is a narrative of my first time in Japan. So episode 4 of my first time studying abroad in Japan. At this point I've been in Japan for a full week of classes, often doing not much more than my homework after class in places like the school cafeteria, a local cafe with a great view of the city, or my local one-room apartment, which I had finally finished decorating. Every day was really filled with great new things, even if they were small, like my landlady bringing me homemade onigiri, uh, which is a rice ball. Um, that she made to welcome me into my apartment complex, or finding multiple small parks between my apartment and the campus, where I often saw students and people from around town relaxing. 
and even buying manga that I couldn't quite read, or couldn't read at all really, from the convenience store, uh, mainly for the pictures, but with some wishful thinking that I could someday read it. I was really enjoying being a student in Japan, walking to classes, being a part of the sharp and vibrant student body, and having an aesthetically pleasing campus to spend my time and go about my day with a sense of purpose at. And I was starting to enjoy the breaks between classes where we would all relax in the 6th floor student lounge outside of the classrooms. I would often look out the window at the sports clubs practicing in the campus sports field during this time, and I definitely added making friends with more students to the growing list of things I wanted to do. And that is something I will talk more about in this episode. Before that, I'll touch upon the Japanese learning language process at this point. We were essentially expected to learn the whole first alphabet this week, which is hiragana, and in the end we were beginning to read sentences out loud in class, taking turns with the story in a textbook, starting off where the student sitting next to us left off. I was not good at this, and began to really not look forward to my turn reading in front of the class. Now, I knew these classes were going to be intensive before I started, and I told myself I was happy about this because it would get me speaking the language more quickly, and I'd like any listeners to know that any less than pleasant experiences from these classes that I describe are not criticisms on the program or the speed, just if anyone else does feel the pressure from not being able to grasp elements of learning Japanese, like I felt I couldn't. This is to convince you to push through those times. I'm really glad I had to struggle to learn back then, so I can speak, read, and write at a comfortable level now, even if I couldn't see it then during class. So in class, I would struggle through the reading sessions, often trying to mask my inability to do so by attempts at humor like reading them in a funny voice or something. I know that sounds strange now, but it was always fun hearing the class laugh, and overall the classes seemed to be building a strong sense of community, supporting each other to learn, but in my mind I was like, okay Wes, this weekend I'm going to study wild hard and dominate the reading sessions next week. The reality was less dramatic, but I was slowly learning, and I couldn't see the progress, I think, while in the struggle, but if I had taken the time to think that I could already read a sentence in the Japanese written language after a week, I likely would have been overjoyed. I think the mindset you strive to keep yourself in while learning can make worlds of difference, but I also know that is easier said than done. My feelings of inadequacy in class were possibly one catalyst of a strong feeling of culture shock that came on about three weeks into my program, two weeks after the time I'm describing now, our advisor in orientation had warned us about this. When the quote-unquote honeymoon period of your trip wears off, that is the time where everything seems exciting, and after that, the reality that one knows very little of their new surroundings can cause someone to feel isolated and dreadfully homesick. I'm not proud, but I did succumb to this, and it passed. Uh, but I'll go more into that in a later episode, after I do some more research of others' experiences. So back to my headspace of week one, when I was nothing but thrilled daily about studying abroad, and aside from the rare thought of, hmm, Japanese is kind of a hard language to study, there was not a negative experience in sight. So when you listen to this following story, this is my mindset at the time, and it was our first Friday, and I was excited for two days loose in Japan. For the weekend, I had plans to go with Amber, an American classmate I have introduced in previous episodes, and some other exchange students to karaoke on that Sunday. But I did want to go to karaoke before that to see what it was like, especially with Japanese classmates. So I asked my language tutor Kohei if he wanted to go with me and I would buy him drinks. And he did say yes. We made plans to hang out that Saturday for karaoke. And for any new listeners, a tutor is a pretty common practice for many exchange programs. And that is a Japanese student who gets class credit to basically be the friend of any exchange student for their time abroad, help them out with any issues, and anything like that. The tutor assigned to me, Kohei, was very cool, without a doubt, quiet at first, but very exuberant and friendly. He said he'd ask some of his friends if they wanted to go, and I was excited. A bit nervous, to be completely honest, but excited to see more of how students in Japan enjoyed their night out. From here on out, I will be describing this experience in a new narrative form, which was recommended to me by a Discord user on my server named Box and that will be trying this narrative in second person so that basically means instead of saying I did this I did that I will be describing things in more detail saying you do this and you do that and here we begin
So you wake up, and there's sunlight in your room. You remember that the sun rises really early in Japan, and warm rays of light shining through your window help you feel fresh at 6.45 a.m. in your air-conditioned room under the covers. So you pull yourself straight out of bed. You debate making tea with your new hot water boiler, one of the few kitchen appliances that came with your apartments, or walking down the street to get coffee from the vending machine. You realize the coffee option isn't a sustainable morning routine, but you give in to the urge because why not enjoy a simple thing that makes you happy during your summer in Japan? You pull on pants fresh out of your suitcase and you grab a small cloth bag you've been using to keep your coins in. You're not used to coins being worth one to five dollars and they don't fit in your wallet, but this is another novelty that makes the one coin vending machine that much more interesting of a choice. Your new Daiso outdoor slippers are on and the wave of warm summer air and sunlight hit you as you walk out the door. You reach the first floor and you exit the apartment building. You pass the residence's unlocked bicycles outside of the mailboxes and you see some neighbors working in the rice fields that are across the street from you. These rice fields are about four feet lower than the roads that are raised up around them, and you can only see the sun hats over the tops of the tall grass. But you wonder what they're doing and if you'll ever get a chance to ask them as you walk towards the closest vending machine. The summer air in this Japanese small town is so nice. You reach the vending machine and inside of it there's a plastic representation of each drink option to choose from. With some red Japanese characters illuminated by the ones that are sold out. You put in one of the larger silver coins that has 100 written on it and that you were told is about $1. And you press the button of the coffee that you tried before and enjoy. And it clanks to the opening by the ground. You bend down to pick it up and think, dang, the streets around the vending machine are even so clean. Not the smallest piece of trash or litter on the side street of this mountainside town on the outskirts of the city. This adds to the atmosphere that you're enjoying, and you wish you brought your phone to listen to a great morning song, or maybe take a picture. But a picture of what? It's kind of the combination of everything that's filling you with this energy. Nothing you can really fit into a single frame of a photo, and the sounds of the birds chirping and a distant train are really chill as well. You accept this and are content as you crack the cool iced coffee open and feel the instant gratification of drinking what you want. And this good feeling reminds you you're excited about going out with Japanese students tonight for karaoke in the city. The cold coffee feels good in your hand in the summer sun that's already kind of hot in this early morning. Your rice farmer neighbor must have gotten up really early to start his work. You return and you realize how humid and hot it is outside when you walk back into your cool apartment. Okay, you promised yourself you would study this weekend. You granted yourself a morning coffee so you plan to skip morning Netflix and YouTube and get straight to your homework to get this out of the way. Curtains are open and the sunlight is on the desk. Another piece of furniture that came with the apartment aside from the bed, a fridge, and a microwave. But a pristine minimal clean apartment and your new stationery from the Osaka University student store kind of get you motivated to study, and the music you wanted to listen to adds to this. So you begin. You copy down kanji and hiragana alphabets, and hours pass this way, and the sunlight moves across your desk as the sun rises in the sky. A lot of time actually, and you're happy with yourself for the study discipline that you've discovered. When you become hungry, you even skip the trip to the convenience store that you really enjoy to pick up a bento box and choose to save money by microwaving that instant rice and curry, which is really good too. But you do give yourself a quick Netflix break while you eat and continue your new show. You finished From A New World and wanted to watch something that showcased Japanese country life, so you choose an anime called When They Cry, which looks nice and has animated Japanese rice fields on the cover, similar to the ones that surround your apartment. You feel very at peace in the moment. It took a lot of hard work and some uncertainty to get you here, but now you are here, and you can just learn and enjoy your day, and even take a small break from thinking of the future. This is nice, and before you know it, it's time to get ready to go out. You're excited and nervous, a small part of you doesn't know what to expect when meeting new people here, and a smaller part of you thinks that you wouldn't have minded if Kohei, your new friend and assigned tutor who you're gonna meet, had message you and cancelled so that you could stay home and watch movies tonight, with no social pressure. But you promised yourself you'd try anything new you could. So you shower in your new small Japanese shower, and you dress in something that you feel is cool enough to go out in. Put on your shoes and head back out into the humid summer air. It's 6pm here, but the sun is still bright in the sky. Time got away from you a bit when you were studying and getting ready. And you wish you had a bike to more quickly travel to the closest station, but you don't, so you just fast walk the 10 minutes. Around you, a mix of odd storefronts and sleek, minimal housing and of course rice fields that look so traditional. This creates such a compelling blend of clean world modernity and old world traditionalism.
mechanism, and the futuristic looking monorail station that's getting closer and closer makes this hit home even more. It's a tall, curvy white and glass station suspended in the air five stories off the ground by a massive shiny white pillar. And it looks like you've made your train on time. You tap your transportation card at the station and go to your platform. The same platform you remember leaving from last time you went to the city. You check Google Maps and there is a bus that could take you there without any train transfers. But you've never taken the bus in Japan before and for now you decide to stick with what you know. Because time is an issue and you realize you don't really know this either as you hear the ping 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 sound that signals the monorail arriving. But so far Japanese transportation has been fairly convenient and easy to understand. So you go for it with your finger crossed. You try to compare the characters on the station wall to any of the Japanese characters that Google Maps has offered up to you as places to go, and some look kind of similar. Your hair whooshes around you as the monorail train speeds into the station in front of you. You think to yourself, wow, that would be a cool slow motion video selfie, and then you get onto the air-conditioned train car. So Google Maps says that you have six stations away before you can get off. So you think, hmm, that is some time. And for a while, the sun starting to set in the distance over the city below the monorail train window kind of mesmerizes you, especially when your music seems to match the scenery so well. You wonder if Kohei's friends you're gonna meet speak English. Then you realize you don't care and decide to be excited for whatever's to come. Yes, this is the right mentality. You know karaoke is about singing, but really you're not thinking too much about that at all. Kohei said that their friends are in some sort of casual sports clubs on campus, and one is in a photography club too, and they could answer questions about you joining yourself. You've seen people from these clubs around school, and they seem fun. You're excited to maybe make friends in a place so far away from your home, and with people from such a compelling culture, and maybe worried a bit that you don't know anything about doing so. But first, to get there. Your teacher said trains in Japan could take you just about anywhere, but the transfers could be complicated. But you can always ask a station attendant where to go, and that is one of the first phrases you practice in class. Sumimusen, excuse me, Korowa Dokoreska. Where is this? In your mind, you're proud that after one week of study, you've already done reading and writing Japanese homework and have prepared conversation, even just in your head. So you prepare this question in your mind. The train slows and you start looking for the name of your transfer station, Senrichiro. But the station name is different. Perhaps you made a mistake. Okay, time to pull the trigger on your wild intense week of Japanese study and ask somebody for directions. Your teacher has also said that people are often happy to help many travelers. The train is slowing down more and more, so you scan close by people for a good choice of somebody to ask. Some older guys in suits seem like they're a little busy, and a cute girl with dyed blonde hair might think you're trying to hit on her. You tell yourself these are likely excuses that you're making up in your own head to not practice the language. And bingo, there's a sharply dressed guy who is taller than you next to the girl with dyed blonde hair. And if you're shorter than him, you think to yourself you might not seem intimidating if you approach him and ask something. So here you go. Sumimasen, you say, and you show him the map on your phone. Korowa dokoreska. Well played, you tell yourself. Ah, uh, nani? He says, and he looks at your phone and seems to realize what you're doing. He smiles. Ah, sono basho wa skashiteru no nambaka. He then says, in your head, you tell yourself the F word. You did not understand a single thing that he said. The tall guy seems to notice this in your expression, and he turns to the girl with blonde hair standing next to him. Ah, Mikuchan, ego taskete. He says while leaning over. The girl then looks at him and then looks at you. Hey, you're looking for someplace? She asks you in great English. It looks like you are saved. The train stops and you tell her, yeah, do I get off here for number? Yes, she tells you with a smile, but you gotta leave this station. You smile wide, hey, thank you so much, you're the best. You forget to try any Japanese. Follow us, she says, as her, the tall guy, and some other kids who look really cool and sharp step off the train. She waves for you to follow. Come on, come on, says the tall guy. They walk determined through the crowded station. It seems like a pretty far walk for this commute, but you're happy that you found help. They get on a train that seems considerably more filled with college-age people excited for a night out. Thanks again so much, I wasn't sure where to go. You say to her, Arigato gozaimasu, you say, to the tall guy. And the Japanese you studied comes back to you. Eh, zenzen yo, he says. Yeah, the stations are different companies that can be difficult to transfer. Namba is a cool place too though, are you traveling? She asks you. You say, yeah, you're studying abroad for the summer. Nice, she says. Namba is wild fun, check out Amemura if you get the chance. She tells you, and you make a mental note of that. Thanks a lot, you say, it's my first time out here. You decide to see if they can help you just a bit more. Do you know if this karaoke is by Amemura? And you show her the name of the karaoke place you're meeting your friend at on your phone. Oh, that's on the way. Yeah, we'll show you, she says. You feel so lucky and suddenly all nervousness of the night has left and you're nothing but excited. You mentally step back and realize how cool this is and how many times you've likely looked forward to a night out like this in the city of Japan. The train arrives at Namba Station, the place you were looking for, and you type your transportation card at the same time as they do as they exit the station. The bright white lights of the station turn into a sea of neon lights in the now dark night. You follow them. Every turn they make, the streets get smaller and more crowded. 
Many bars have people sitting outside and each place seems to have such a unique atmosphere and character. You hear so many people laughing in the background and you see a bunch of people in school uniforms sitting on the side of the road playing phone games together. Soon you reach a very vibrant and shiny building, four stories of neon lights, with what sounds like anime opening music blowing from the door on the first story. Here we are, the girl says. And as you get closer, you see your friend and student tutor, Kohei, inside with his friends. Yes, you made it. It wasn't anything you did yourself to get here, but taking initiative helped. So your confidence grows just a little bit in these neon-filled streets, even though you literally used about five seconds of Japanese. Have fun tonight, the girl says to you, and the tall guy says, Japan, enjoy! Have fun tonight, the girl says to you, and the tall guy says, Japan, enjoy, and then they walk away. Oh, Chotomate, says the girl with the blonde hair, before she reaches into her Adidas side bag. This area has a great art scene, if you're around, here's my friend's art gallery next week. She hands you a small card with Japanese characters and a cartoon of a cat on it. Thanks a lot, I'd love to go, you say, as you take it, and then they're gone. You'd be happy to thank them again sometime, if you get the chance. Kohei greets you enthusiastically. New friends of yours? He asks. And then he introduces you to his friends, who you're excited to ask about school clubs. And they lead you through the sliding glass doors where the music is coming from to a girl behind a neon glass counter. The whole interior of the karaoke place is bright and you hear laughing voices coming from behind closed doors. The place smells like fresh linen laundry for some reason. The girl behind the desk greets you with extreme enthusiasm and points to a colorful chart on the desk that displays how much time a room of karaoke will cost per hour in English. Kohei and his friends all seem to speak pretty solid English and seem to be doing their best to speak English around you. There's one guy and one girl, and you all decide to sing for two hours. And the girl behind the counter gives you each a small cup and points to some English writing that says All Free, All You Can Drink, Cafe. Kohei leads you to a counter full of fountain drinks. They have a group of different juices, sodas, and sweet coffee drinks. You choose some orange juice. You walk down the carpeted hall and through a door to a small booth room with the table in the middle and a huge TV that takes up most of one of the walls. You sit down and the girl pulls out some bottles of Japanese sake with some red monster image on it, right out of her purse, and the guy pulls out two tall cans of beer from his satchel bag. Kohei shows you the small touchscreen tablet that is used to select the songs. You can search by artist or song, and you see an American flag image at the bottom. You touch it, and it changes everything into English characters. Kohei and his friends all seem to know the same songs, and they sing them together. But they also seem to enjoy seeing you sing in English. And they sing along to the choruses of the songs that seem a bit more popular. It's the beginning of a great night and a great summer. The two hours fly by, and you suddenly seem so comfortable with this group that it's easy for you to ask about joining the school clubs. And they tell you that there's a festival coming up, in which every club will usually have a booth where they sell snacks or drinks. You can check out every club and see which ones you're interested in, and join from there. This makes the image that you have in your mind's eye of this summer in Japan even brighter than it was before. And the strangers that were so kind to you in helping you find your way boost your confidence. And that is all for this segment. So this was kind of an experiment. Please let me know on any of the platforms what you think. If I should continue elements of my time abroad in this second person fashion of narration. I do in fact remember a lot of my time abroad in great detail. And I actually kind of take daily memos on things that happened to me strong thoughts that I had from that time, which sure, I guess you could probably call a diary of sorts. And it's pretty nostalgic really for me to look back and read the entries that I made in my first summer in Japan. So that concludes season 1 episode 4 of the Travel Japan with Less Method podcast, and now, uh, as in the last two episodes, we're going to go into our final segment, which is going over some Japanese vocabulary and phrases. If you want to listen in and you are learning Japanese yourself, then points, and here's what we have to say. We're with Brandon again as well, who is learning Japanese himself. How you doing, Brandon? I'm good. How's everyone else doing today? I'm hoping they're doing all right. It was, had a wonderful Thanksgiving. How about you, Wes? It was also a fantastic Thanksgiving, even if it was a very un-American one, eating Japanese nabe and calling my parents and sisters and grandma on FaceTime. So that was cool. Hey, that's, that's, just as about the holiday. that's just as American as mine. <laughs> exactly, yeah. And you know, everyone's got to say stay safe and distance this year so I mm-hmm. uh, hope you guys enjoyed yourselves and uh, with the things you're thankful for and your, uh, the people you appreciate in your life so cheers to that perfect and let's go into it so this week I think we would cover some uh, phrases that have to do with uh, asking people out to uh, an event or asking people to hang out and I know there are a lot of ways to learn Japanese and as this podcast isn't really as structured of a lesson plan I think I'm going to focus on Japanese that is more topical and if you want to sound kind of more natural this is Japanese that I hear day to day used amongst my peers and also I am very much interested in um, 
Brandon's study progression, uh, learning progression, and what he's currently learning as well. So we're going to cover both things. Keeping me on my toes, man. Got me studying all the time, <laughs> making sure I'm ready. Very cool. Well, if I can do anything, I'm happy I can do that. I was, That's fire. I was really happy that you suggested uh, checking out the Genki textbooks. This has been a good read oh, so yeah. far this week. Yeah. So. I'm glad. Well, points for the self-regimented study. That's a powerful thing to do. And uh, same to all the listeners that are studying Japanese through a class, by yourself, with friends. It's a powerful thing to take on. Keep up with it. Well, what do you have in store for us today, then? So I'm going to start out with uh, the general way I ask a friend um, if they're free, if they want to hang out soon. So free in Japanese is hima. hima. And uh, a question is deska. So hima deska is the easiest way to ask somebody if they want to hang out soon. Ah. And it also, within kind of, you know, traditional Japanese custom of being fairly ambiguous so they leave room to easily decline. I think that's a big part of sounding natural in Japanese now that I think about it. As opposed to saying, uh, do you want to meet? I tai desu ka? Aimasen ka? It's more tricky to say, no, I don't want to meet. It's more easy to say, I'm not free. <laughs> and I think that has to do with uh, within the, the culture being a bit more polite by leaving them a bigger margin within uh, they can politely refuse, which is fair. You know, if you don't want to hang out with me, that's chill. I don't y'all. Yeah, because like uh, so, EEA yeah, is no, but you're not going to hear that too commonly because yeah. it's kind of rude to say that. No. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I I don't know if I've ever uh, said or heard uh, no, I don't want to hang out with you <laughs> from anyone. And even if there are people I don't want to hang out with, I always, yeah, it's you know much more easy to say, ah, I have a plan. Yote gaidimasu ka? Yote is plan. Uh, sorry, yote gaidimasu. Yote is plan. And aru arimasu is I have, I have a plan. So yeah, the way I ask anyone if they want to hang out is kondo. Kondo is uh, in the near future. That's a very useful word. Uh, kondo, hima desu ka? Kondo, do you have some free time? It literally translates to uh, in the near future, are you free? Uh, however, uh, with the nuance, I would just say it kind of means just do you have some free time soon? And that's my favorite way of asking someone if they can hang out. Kondo, hima desu ka? The next thing I think is uh, if they inevitably say yes, because you are, are such charming and fantastic people, uh, just deciding what to do. And my favorite way of asking what to do uh, would be Nanka shitai desu ka? Or within more formal Japanese, Nanka shitai? Uh, within text, you can always add a question mark to imply it's a question. Desu ka? You know, is the thing uh, that the ka means question. Have you uh, studied anything regarding to that so far, Brendan? Actually, yeah. Um, this week I've been learning a little bit on actually just that subject is asking questions. And Very cool. Um, it's, no, if it's like um, sentence structure wise how to mm-hmm. make it rather than just a phrase. You can say a phrase and just add mm-hmm. ka to the end of it and it will make it a question. Um, so yeah. you can say you eat sushi, like a you know sushi o top uh, But if you add ka at the end of it, you know it pretty much asks, do you eat sushi? So exactly, I think some of that does play into the fact that Japanese is very much not a tonal language. For mm-hmm. example, in English, oftentimes you can tell a question is a question because of the uh, upwards and fluctuation at the end. So. I, uh, I eat sushi is a statement, I eat sushi, with the inflexuation at the end is a question. I know that's not a very good example because I don't know who would ask that. Yeah, but the point is that it is a strange question. Yeah. I'll just come up with yeah, the top true. of my head. <laughs> <laughs> that example did kind of fall flat. However, the point is, um, instead of relying on any sort of inflection, they have the ka at the end of the sentence so that you know it's a question. Yeah, uh, you don't have to really raise way. the end of the sentence because ka is the indication. Right, and you don't really necessarily have mm, to put a question yeah. mark at the end of a sentence when you spell it with, uh, or whenever you're spelling things out. That's cool that you're learning that. And then, uh, so the main thing to ask someone what they would like to do, uh, nanka means anything. So nani is uh, what, and then um, nanka just means anything for, the, for this intents and purposes. So nanka shitai desu ka means anything you want to do. Okay. Um, that's pretty convenient. However, I'm going to go back to culture here and say that with the theme of ambiguity, uh, a lot of people will not uh, put up an option, especially if you're not the closest of friends or if you're merely an acquaintance. They'll leave it up to the person that does the inviting to suggest a topic. The final thing I'm going to put forth with uh, the lesson of inviting someone to do something is suggesting a plan. So that would be the grammar shimashou. 
So that means let's do this. And then before that, you can just put anything you want to do. So that word is shimasho. Shimasho. Okay. There you go. So it could be karaoke. Karaoke is something that is a Japanese word. I think that is the same in English,、uh, an example of that. So karaoke, shimasho,、uh, or shimashoka. Again, adding the ka at the end to insinuate a question.、Uh, shall we do karaoke? That's a pretty fairly. Or、uh, nomikai. Nomikai is party. Nomikai shimashoka. Let's have a party. And that can also refer to just two people drinking together, too. I, so,、uh, nomikai is also very. I would like to go、word. karaoke, Wes. That'd be great. Dude, let's do it. <laughs> Fantastic. I'm down.、Karaoke、One day I know you're going to be in Japan. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. We'll do karaoke. Once, once the world calms down and I'm allowed to cross those forbidden borders. <laughs> <Yeah> . <laughs> That's a fair point. It's a very strange time to be making a podcast about traveling to Japan when that is, in fact, against most laws. But hey. Might as well start sometime. So that's the basics of inviting somebody to do something. And then, yeah,、uh, what have you been learning recently in Japanese? I'd just like to ask also. Today,、uh, I sat down and did a lesson plan on、uh, Kore, Sore, Are, and Dore, which are the Koso Ados.、Cool. It's essentially、uh, Kore is this, Sore is that. So, this being what's near me, that being what's not near me.、Um, Are,、mm -hmm. which is something far away. And then Dore, which. Means which. So, yeah baby steps for me. <laughs> That's awesome. And those things are very important. I still remember、uh, studying those in class and we would play games. So, basically, the teacher would give us an example like something's between two friends, something's through a store window,、uh, something's on the distance. And then you're deciding between three things and then which thing would you choose. And I'm sure, as you could have guessed by Brandon's fantastic explanation, you would use kore for the thing between two people. Kore wa nan desu ka? What is this?、Uh, for, th for something through a store window? Sore wa nan desu ka? What is that thing through the store window? Or what is that thing there? And then something on the horizon? Are wa nan desu ka? What is that all the way over there? And then between two things?、Mm, Dochi ka? Which, which is it? I guess. <laughs> so we would have to choose which is the appropriate saying. And I, I would have to say just another.、Mm, sorry, continue. I have a feeling、uh, when I go to Japan, the. Most thing I'll say in a restaurant is a korewa deska. And just pointing at things at the、so、menu. It's so useful. And I would say too, kore is such a useful word because when you're ordering, that's really all you need.、Mm -hmm. If they have pictures on the menu, or, or if the menu is somewhat English, point to it, say kore, and you're pretty much set.、Mm -hmm. uh, my friends that you know, grew up、uh, native speakers of Japanese, the Japanese language, they do the same thing. So you know the word kore, and you can order like a native. Granted that there are pictures on the menu. And or English. We can maybe,、uh, or, or you can maybe learn the phrase, do you speak English? That way、mm. they can bring someone that does if they don't. Yeah, very true. And、uh, many restaurants within any city will have English speaking attendance parts. So, do you speak English? That's、uh, Ego Hanashimasu ka? Yeah, yeah、okay. exactly. Ego Hanashimasu ka. Yeah, in fact, everybody in Japan,、um, it's mandatory to study English middle school through high school. For, at some point, if they passed high school, They understand English to an extent, however, that largely excludes listening and speaking practice. It's mainly reading and writing.、Gotcha. So、um, many people will say no, even if they speak a bit, or they, even if they ace their tests, they will often say no、uh, because that explicitly is asking if you speak English and they might be nervous.、Uh, but on the flip side, you get people that are overjoyed with the chance to try to practice their English. That's basically all I have for language. Awesome. And again, in any messages, comments,、uh, anyone that has any language questions, please feel free to shout,、uh, shout us out, ask us anything you'd like to know. And yeah, bro, points for learning the language, honestly. Thanks, man.、Uh, doing it before you come here is a huge step. I didn't know any Japanese before I came to Japan, so you are already heads and tails above where I was before I set foot in the country. I just don't want to feel terrified more than I already will be being、uh, uh. in such a different place. I want to at least be able to ask the simple questions.、Um, yeah, that's admirable. And that does wrap up our language segment. Thank you for listening to our podcast, season one, episode four. And、uh, see you guys next week. Matane. Matane. <laughs> that is later in Japanese. Points, bro. A plus, by the way. That's、right. what he gets for this session. <laughs> Have a good one, guys. <laughs>
time being early mid-December, next week we are going to touch upon holidays in Japan, such as Christmas and New Year's, how things are celebrated differently, and also the things that are the same. And as always, feel free to reach out to me on any of my platforms. I do my very best to get back to everybody I can. That would be Wes Mather on Instagram, Wes Mather Zero on TikTok, and Travel Japan with Wes Mather on YouTube. As always, thank you so much for listening, and I hope you guys have the very best of winters. Goodbye.